0: Hey everyone, Jason here. Before we get going, I just wanted to take a moment to give a quick shout out to the new paid membership option that we recently rolled out. This option is meant for people that have been getting value from the podcast and want to enable us to keep producing it in a more sustained way. It's also for people that want extra stuff, such as bonus content, a Slack room that's vibrant and filled with people tackling climate change from a wide range of backgrounds and perspectives as well as a host of programming and events that get organized in the Slack room. We also have a virtual town hall once a month where you can get a preview of what's to come and provide feedback and input on our direction. We'll be adding more membership benefits over time. If you wanna learn more, just go to the website, myclimatejourney.co. And if you're already a member, thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone. This is Jason Jacobs, and welcome to My Climate Journey. This show follows my journey to interview a wide range of guests, to better understand and make sense of the formidable problem of climate change, and try to figure out how people like you and I can help. On today's episode of the MCJ Startup Series, we welcome Brennan Spellacy, the co-founder and CEO of Patch. Patch is a platform for negative emissions. They've built an API to automate your sustainability goals. Patch integrates with businesses, calculates their emissions, and seamlessly compensates their environmental footprint by purchasing negative emissions from verified carbon removal projects. We have a great discussion in this episode about carbon markets in general, why things like offsets have gotten a bad rap, what the path is to fixing the carbon markets, and what role the carbon markets have to play in the clean energy transition. And then we dig into Patch and where they're starting, where they're going, the progress that they've made to date, and what's coming next. Brennan, welcome to the show.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. Uh, super excited to walk you, everyone on, on the show through what Patch is all about. Um, awesome. So hello everyone. My name is Brendan Spalisi. I'm the CEO and one, one of the co-founders of Patch, which is a platform for negative emissions. So
0: And, and, yeah. and, and Brandon, are you are you gonna so, um, are you gonna t- get into the origin story or should we cover that up front? Get uh, get that yeah, more than we
1: ha- actually more than happy to talk about the origin story. I usually talk about that over this specific slide, so more than happy to dive into that now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right, so cool. How'd the company come about?
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, uh, for those who don't know, I, uh, the last four years I've worked at this company called Sonder and it was at Sonder that I met my co-founder and Grunfeld. And we had done a lot of zero to one stuff together at Sonder, watching the company go from 15 to 1500 people over four years, super exciting experience. And we're super grateful for it. Um, and when it came time for us to leave, we really wanted to make sure we, started something together in sustainability specifically. So it was the whole reason I got a formal education. I studied chemical engineering at McGill. And the unfortunate reality is that each day that goes by, it becomes a more relevant and pressing issue because we're not really on the right track. Um, And so when we dove into the space, there's kind of two major buckets you can look at. Most people are concerned about greenhouse gases. And so, you know, there's two ways to fix that problem. You could focus on reduction. So that's might be decarbonizing the grid. That might be electrifying vehicles. We felt really like this bucket of uh, the climate tech space was actually progressing really, really well. You know, the cost of the levelized cost of energy for renewables per kilowatt hours, like basically going to zero cost competitive with coal and natural gas and a lot of geos. And the piece that we felt was really lacking was actually on the carbon removal component of the equation. So most climate models have us need to move anywhere from 10 to 20 gigatons of CO2 from the atmosphere per year for the next about 30, 40 years to stay beneath that two degree centigrade uh, benchmark that we so frequently see. And globally, we're not even at a hundredth of that capacity. So we want to really, really want to focus on how can we help and use the kind of skills we had learned for the last four, six or seven years in technology startups and potentially put a dent in this piece of the equation. And when you dive into carbon markets, uh, you happen upon the idea of a carbon offset very quickly, which is for those who might not know, is a derivative that's associated with taking a ton, a metric ton that is a thousand kilograms, of CO2 out of the air. So fundamentally it's converting this chemical or physical process into bits and bytes and dollars and cents that can be transacted. A super sound um, theoretical idea. But we found in, in implementation or in execution, it was quite poor the way carbon markets were actually facilitated. And this is primarily because carbon markets are facilitated by carbon offset brokers or retailers. And these are essentially groups of people that buy up large sums of carbon removal, mark them up. 30, 40, 50%, and then resell them. And the net result is that the entire ecosystem is typically fairly low trust. So a lot of the, because you have these middlemen and women, the source supply is quite frequently obfuscated. Uh, It's incredibly capital inefficient. So for every dollar you put into the machine, only about maybe 50 or 60 cents of impact comes out through the other side because of these uh, high commission structures. This is because these brokers are taking on inventory risk. So they need to make the margins high for it to be worth their time. And then the activation energy to both participate and maintain participation maintain participation is incredibly high. Um, so you have to do due diligence on the partners you're working with. You have to run an RFP process, negotiate payment terms and uh, contract sizes and minimum order quantities. All of the crush that comes with traditional B2B procurement is associated with carbon markets. And the idea behind Patch was we saw that despite all these problems, the need and demand for carbon removal was still growing year over year. And so we wanted to see if we could help catalyze that. And so the idea behind Patch is to remove these, what are effectively middle men and women, and replace it with software to allow for more efficient supply and demand matching. Now, the thing that's a little bit different about Patch, which is, because what I've just described as any marketplace business ever, is that we're taking an API-first approach. So instead of having some sort of visual interface for people to go, say, shopping for carbon, if you will, or you know, buying something in almost like an Airbnb-type interface, we're actually taking the approach of using an API as a distribution technique. And the reason we're doing that is going back to that initial goal of 20 gigatons per year. So that's 20 trillion kilograms. It's an immense amount of mass per year. And the idea is that those 20 20 trillion kilograms are going to come from hundreds of billions of transactions and are going to require hundreds of billions of carbon calculations and capital allocations in order to finance different types of carbon removal projects. And our thought process was when whenever 100 billion of anything happens in a year, it's usually a computer that's doing it. And so how do you build an interface that a computer can understand, which is an API, that can plug into the existing systems of record we've built over the last 20 to 30 years? And that might be a ERP system if you're a manufacturer, it might be a payment system if you're a bank, e-commerce platform, you name it, there's loads of emission data out there already. We really just want to be Patch wants to be the plumbing that allows for this kind of automatic matching to take place and actually move the idea of active, this, there's this idea of active carbon footprint management and actually make it more passive. So the idea is the future we really want to live in, we being the team at Patches, whenever you swipe your credit card or participate in commerce somewhere around the world, whether that might be at a square terminal or buying a flight or whatever, whatever might happen. Any sort of negative environmental externality that was truly unavoidable associated with that transaction is compensated automatically, and th- we believe that this is what's like fundamentally necessary to get to ubiquity when it comes to carbon removal and really achieve gigaton scale. Um, so uh, maybe I'll just pause there in case you have any questions, or I'm more than happy to kind of keep in- keep kind of going through the product.
0: Well, you'll probably cover this later, but uh, um, but uh, as a, um, are you selling to the? credit card companies or to the banks or to the consumers themselves? Uh, I guess who, who, uh, who buys and then who, uh, who opts in a, as well, or, or is it by default?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're working with a really broad range of businesses right now. The three kind of major verticals though, are e-commerce, um, typically e-commerce marketplaces or e-commerce platforms, primarily focusing on the shipping associated with these types of transactions. Right now, we're seeing about half uh, the businesses or platforms are working with paying for the carbon removal themselves, and then half of them actually want to have some sort of way for a consumer to opt in. So we call the earlier form merchant pay and the former form consumer pay. Um, Second bucket is actually B2B climate tech SaaS. And so I'm not sure if you've had any other companies on the platform before, but if you've heard of... um, like Planetly or Watershed or things like this. We're working with several analogous companies like these businesses that typically help companies understand what their uh, footprint is, provide reduction opportunities. And then the final piece is offsetting your compensation. That's more of a checkbox feature, not really a differentiating feature for a lot of these types of businesses. And so in many ways, we're kind of the plaid to neobanks are for these types of software companies. And then the final use case is banks and payment companies. So uh, Stripe just put their announcement out last, uh, I believe it was yesterday actually where they actually launched Stripe Climate. We're working with some very, uh, maybe adjacent or similar type businesses that are not Stripe um, to launch similar type features or comparable features.
0: Nice. And, and and so when it comes to the inventory, where does that come from? Who sources it? Who who determines the quality of it? How do you manage that?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, as you can see here on the right, there's a lot of breadth on technology types. And that's because we really want to make sure one of the biggest values is that depending on the perspective or goals of your business, we want to make sure the right type of carbon removal is on the platform for you. So we have some businesses that really want to make sure they're financing and putting capital towards the most innovative and permanent forms of carbon removal, something maybe like direct carbon capture, mineralization, geo sequestration. And then we have other businesses that are kind of just kind of dipping their feet into the carbon removal phase uh, space. And they might be okay with something like just the reforestation or afforestation where it might not be as permanent, but it's it's kind of like an initial step in the right direction. Um, And as far as what sourcing actually looks like, we'll typically partner directly with the developers themselves. Um, So whether that might be like a blue source or something like that, where they're actually developing the land Managing these forests, in the case of blue sources, primarily we put with for forestry, um, and then they'll actually load, in their case, their registry data, the carbon offset registry data, into Patches system, and then it's at that point we allow folks to transact with it electronically. Oh, and then actually, I guess maybe I should mention uh, the verification or the auditing piece, which is we'll never be a verifier; we'll always partner with uh, the developers themselves. To understand what are the leading verification standards in each technology type, um, and then lean on those verifying bodies. So in the case of forestry, we'll always work with like a VERA or an ACR. In the case of biochar, uh, we'll typically always require a life cycle analysis, as well as a European biochar certificate, which is almost like a a form of, it's not quite a full verification, but it's a type of accreditation that's based primarily in Europe around biochar. And then in the case of direct air carbon capture and mineralization, that kind of space is still evolving. So we'll work with uh, basically advisors to help us guide and understand what type of carbon removal is taking place here to make sure that we're allocating capital appropriately.
0: Got it. And then what's the business model? Yeah,
1: so we charge a fixed fee per ton of CO2 pushed through the system. So unlike, say, a broker model, which might take a percentage of the underlying value, the more expensive the carbon removal, the lower Patch's effective take rate is. And so, typically, you know, that varies by volume. Uh, but there are situations where, if you're doing, you know, a couple thousand tons of CO2 uh, per month through patch, our patches affect take rates on the scale of like two or three percent, and so it can get, it can get actually quite low, especially if you move when you move into like carbon capture and sequestration, where the cost per ton is a bit higher. So the thing that's really important for us, like the longer-term aspiration for the business, is to really move folks closer to permanent carbon removal and storage, and we're only going to do that if we don't provide almost reverse or disincentives for people to move up market. So we don't want to make sure we're doing like a flat percent rate because we're going to be hurting people who want to pay more essentially. So we're keeping that, that rate flat per ton of CO2.
0: And then if you look on the left side and on the right side, are uh, is this your entry point or is this at, you know, at end state or how do you think about staging uh, and prioritization as you figure out which markets to enter in terms of who can offer your services and then which types of projects to offer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually everything here with the exception of brands actually is current state. So we're working with like e-commerce platforms, banks, B2B SaaS businesses, as well as a few consultants who want to like add this to their almost like offering of, of services. Um, And then we have all these types of suppliers on the right side on the platform already. So this is current state. The longer term vision is going to be, and a lot of folks have written about this, like globally, we're not on the supply side, not even remotely close to having enough capacity globally from a carbon removal perspective. So once we kind of secure, sustainable, and repeatable demand within the business, the next kind of step of that is going to be how do we focus on really finding the most reputable projects or developers that we really have faith in and has, have a really high degree of scientific rigor and inject even more capital and help them scale their businesses from maybe one or two pilot projects to, you know, multi, uh, either hundreds of thousands, if not megatons per year of scale over the next five to 10 years. So right now we're very much in the uh, you know, we have to put our own, uh, to put an airplane, we have to put our own like life vest on our own mask on right now. And then the kind of vision for the next couple of years is going to be, how do we then help our suppliers scale and make really incredible and large
0: businesses as well. Uh huh. And I mean, stepping outside of patch for a minute, where do you feel the market is in terms of the, uh, you know, you have the, the demand and the, and the supply, uh, what, uh, what is there more of right now or, or, or what are the barriers holding back the market from reaching its full potential?
1: Yeah, so I would assert that there is more demand than the supply out there today. But that demand is actually highly fragmented and difficult to capture. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of people who have intent or would be willing to transact or remove carbon. But the problem is that going back to the activation concept, activation energy concept I was referring to before, it's pretty difficult to, to participate in this market. And so the idea is that if you can actually find the right flows to get plugged into, whether that's, uh, whether that's like whenever someone swipes their credit card or whenever someone checks out or whenever like uh, you know a, a new device comes off the lot and you know goes into a box to be shipped from, uh, from maybe from overseas to the US to be purchased or something like that. Uh, something's actually getting offset. But the problem is that it's so hard to participate in markets right now, it's actually a, a rate limiter. And so the idea right now is as bi- patches as a business, we're technically uh, demand constrained, but I would assert that in the long run, um, long run only being like two or three years from now, this is gonna be a very supply constrained market, which is why we're gonna put so much effort and resources behind identifying reputable suppliers and helping them scale their business well.
0: Uh-huh. And, and so on the um, demand side, do you, do you have a sale? Is it a Salesforce model where you actually have people that are calling on these companies or how do you, uh, how do you acquire new customers?
1: Yeah. So right now it's a traditional B2B sales.
0: So typically working
1: with um, reaching out to either the head of product or head of engineering, or if there's a head of sustainability at a company, reaching out to these folks, understanding how patch could possibly either augment or replace some sort of existing component of their product offering. So some folks we're working with have some sort of sustainability initiative in place, and it's actually a total cost of ownership conversation where we're automating the work of maybe four or five people on the team, and they can focus on reduction initiatives internally. And then there are some folks who are doing absolutely nothing and are trying to figure out how to dip their toes. And so then it becomes a conversation of almost inspiring that particular head of product or head of engineering and showing them these are all the different things related to sustainability that you could possibly do. Uh, A lot of people place the gold standard on, uh, not to be confused with the registry, but gold standard on being carbon neutral as a business. But there's a lot of incremental things you can do in the meantime as well. And so a lot of people think it's all or nothing. In actuality, there are a lot of situations where you can be a climate positive business and not necessarily a carbon neutral one and still be having really great impact and really meaningful impact. So kind of always having that conversation, it's a little bit more exploratory and there's almost like a, a bit of consulting involved where you go back and forth to figure out what
0: might be a good fit for the business. Uh uh-huh. and, and then are you in market today or what, uh, I guess, where, yeah, where are you in terms of stage? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we're integrating with our first 10 customers right now. Uh, they're all going to be kind of cropping up and like annou- announcing their releases all between either end of Q4 or early Q1. Um, I unfortunately was not able to get permission to share any names on this conversation. So we'll have to rely on Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and things like that over the coming months to keep an eye out there. Uh, But the one thing I did want to give folks a peek at is how we're integrating with folks, how we're integrating, because right now this all feels very um, conceptual and abstract. And right now we're saying, okay, well, you're an API for carbon removal. Uh, Like, what does that do? You know, you're enabling these banking products, um, but what does that actually look like? And so if we take a hop into here, this is the patch dashboard. And so in here you can see all the different forms of carbon removal or carbon offsetting available on the platform. We have charm in here. I believe you had Charm and, and Peter on the show. I think a, maybe episode three or four, a couple back in the beginning of this series, as well as a few other different types of biochar and forestry providers as well. And the way you actually integrate with patch is you'll hop in here, you'll grab your API key. I'll have to rotate those after this call after this, after this call, because those are our real production keys. So I'll have to go those and rotate. And you know, you can see your different requests and understand like how is the API actually interacting, things like this. And then as far as what's actually necessary to take carbon out of the air, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ruby. And so what we'll do is i uh, really quick. How many uh, children did you have again, Jason? Is it two or uh,
0: two, two kids. or three? Two kids. All
1: right, so maybe we'll do a ton each per child and then we'll add a little metadata attached to it. And to provide some context for Jason, here we go. There we go. And then we'll pull out the data from that request. And just like that, we've taken two tons of CO two out of the air, and it's as simple as that. So really, it's just really one line of code. And so you can see all of the different opportunities you can actually do in order to accomplish this, whether it's as an order is shipped, hit this line of code, or as a credit card is swiped, hit this line of code. It's really as simple as only writing. There's a little bit of authentication logic that I didn't put on here. so does not reveal our API keys, but besides that, it's pretty easy to get up and running. Um, and so that's kind of the beauty and simplicity of patch, which is like, how do we keep the API as simple and as compressed as possible? and you know really just make things as easy as possible where it may it just makes sense to to do and actually participate and then we have folks you know you can make last mile carbon neutral different banking applications things like that and built on top of this if you're not technical user this is something that I, i saved to to share on this on this podcast um we're actually launching a zapier integration so uh for those who are not technical and, and maybe you are maybe a little bit more familiar with Zapier, this is like a workflow tool. And what we're going to be doing is for every follower use Patch has uh, the at usepatch uh, on Twitter as we're going to take a kilogram of CO2 out of the air each month. And so if you follow at usepatch on Twitter, we'll take a kilogram of CO2 out of the air each month for you using our Zapier integration. And so easiest way to take CO2 out of the air, it's free. Give, a, give it a click, we're starting November 1st, and then we're gonna be actually posting a tweet once once a month programmatically, um, that basically like summarizes the amount of carbon that was removed, the associated project, and then how you can actually get and start participating. Um, and if you wanna access the Zapier or, or the actual dashboard itself, feel free to shoot me an email at brandon.usepass.com and we'll get you on board. We're still technically in a closed beta, but and happy to have any My Climate Journey listeners on, on the platform. This, uh, this community has been super valuable for me personally. So am more than happy to, to get folks involved here.
0: Nice, and and what? Uh, how do you see the competitive landscape today and how do you see that playing out over time?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, truthfully, it's super early. And so like, it's very, uh, there's a lot of different ways that things kind of pan out. Um, and so for me, I'm anticipating climate tech as a whole to unfold a little bit like, um, uh, a little bit like FinTech where you really have a lot of fragmentation on the application layer. So, you know, we think about all the different new banks and different types of credit cards we see today. For me, those are like the B2C or B2B SaaS applications where there's going to be like a, most likely, 100, so we have a spreadsheet of 150 that we're actively selling to. So like hundreds of these different types of applications because it's very hard, it's very workflow specific, these types of tools, right? There's different preferences or different features or different types of opinions embedded in these types of tools. And then kind of one layer down, there's gonna be infrastructure that powers them. So you think of plaid or stripe or checker or things like this, there's usually an order of magnitude fewer of these types of businesses because they can scale really rapidly and apply to many different use cases because they're so focused. It's almost like building one Lego brick versus a castle. And so we view patch trying to sneak into this infrastructure layer where there are going to be many different types of climate tech and climate positive basis and the use cases that evolve over the next decade. And how can you do one specific piece, the idea of removing carbon and, and scaling that given process so remarkably well that you become the de facto Lego brick in many of these different types of applications. And so that's what Patch is aspiring to
0: do. And uh, and given that this, there's at least a date of recording here, uh, Stripe just announced their Offering yesterday, what do you yeah. think of that offering, and then how how's it, how's it similar or how's it different than, than what you're, do, you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. so mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's awesome personally. so the Stripe obviously has remarkable distribution power already, right They're embedded, especially in the technology community. they're embedded in a lot of different products, um, and specifically in their payment flows. But the thing that's a little bit interesting about Stripe and that might be a little bit different is that right now, at least as far as I understand the product offering, to be fair, like I'm sure like Ryan or, or Nana or anyone on the team who's been on the show will, can feel free to correct me and redact. It seems like right now they, it's very tightly coupled to the existing payment integrations in place. And what I mean by that, it's going to be very hard To uh, If you've ever been on the payments team on a software company, people don't want to change their payment integration. And so I anticipate things typically being limited to no-code solutions versus some sort of programming solution. And if you do have to have some sort of programming solution, it might be a little bit more difficult to take advantage of the existing distribution that you have today, because then you'll have to have it be a separate API or a separate product suite. Um, versus where patch right now is totally dip- decoupled from your payment solution. So you can work with people who are on Adyen or who are on Braintree or anyone who's not using Stripe for payments. And then as well as you a little bit more prescriptive and have slightly tighter control. So you can offset as little as um, like one cent or one gram of CO2 through patch, depending on whether you want to do it by uh, money, how to be like money-based or mass-based, your contribution or your carbon removal. Um, and right now, it seems like it's limited to being a percentage of, I believe, top line revenue pushed through the platform. Um, so just there's a little bit more flexibility as well as a rough type to couple to a payment provider. So some folks were struck, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe if you want to do something with carbon in an automated fashion, patch might be a better fit in that case.
0: And how do you think about direct versus, uh, versus partnerships uh, as, as part of, say, the the medium-term strategy, do you envision that it'll always be a direct model, or do you think there are opportunities to work with some of the larger providers?
1: Uh, when you say larger providers, who are you referring to there?
0: I mean, it could be on the payment side. It could be on the credit card side. It could be a bank. It uh, So I guess, uh, I guess maybe people like larger entities that are more horizontally focused that are mm-hmm. not... Uh, you know, that are selling into your clients already, um, but that don't have this type of solution?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so that's actually yeah. very close to our existing distribution strategy right now, where we're yeah. actually very rarely working with um, most of the folks we're selling to. It looks either like a to c sales motion or a B2B2B sales motion, where mm-hmm. we're selling with two actual payment providers or banks or platforms that power brands. Um, and so we're actually, that's actually the approach we're taking right now because you get the most leverage there. Right? You get the most access to transaction volume and therefore the largest amount of emissions. And so we're actually, that's the approach we're taking right now where we're allowing existing companies who are selling either to consumers or to businesses to essentially add another white labeled feature into their ecosystem
0: that's powered by patch. Uh huh. And um, I, I hate this question, but, it, but as you, I guess Please. as you think out uh, longer term, uh, you know, who, who buys you guys or, or where do you think you'll be most strategic if you're wildly successful?
1: Yeah, so the way we think about like just exit opportunities in general is the goal of the business is to like hit gigaton scale of carbon removal and to help facilitate that. So whatever outcome will position us better to do that, and that means going public, and that means staying private, that means getting bought in six months. Like if we think that whatever opportunity in front of us will lead to a larger environmental outcome, that's What we're going to do, uh, it's not like a big ego business here where it's like I want to build it all myself and, and whatever else. Um, now, as far as who buys us, I think it really depends on, um, you know, the goals of the business. What's interesting is, uh, the, the conversation uh, when people talk about this conversation, Stripe comes up a lot, but the they're actually staffing the team internally already, and it's also fairly orthogonal to their business, right? Um, where the basically the core business is still payments and fraud detection and and climate right now very similar to straight publishing is like a at least from the outside you know so i don't actually know seems more like a secondary program at the company um so i'm not sure if that acquisition would really make sense if i was on their corporate development team um and i think the other potential acquirers would be in the scale of like the, the classic big technology companies probably something like a uh, Google or something like this, I don't anticipate something like an oil and gas company would do this. Maybe they would if they wanted to like optically position themselves in, as like an innovator in the space. Um, but to me, I don't see a lot of elegant uh, acquisition outcomes here. Uh, for me, we're, we're really trying to position ourselves to be a standalone business and be a company that makes money as long as the PPM of CO2 goes down. And so that's that's the the goal
0: right now. Where does brand fit in? Are, are you guys invisible? And is it is it kind of powered by or, or are you building a brand sh- yourselves? So I think we're building a brand very similar,
1: actually, not to keep bel- belaboring that, uh, similar to Stripe and Plaid, where they have so much name recognition amongst developers and they, they command enormous respect. But odds are, if you use Shopify, which you use Stripe, you probably don't know what Stripe is. And if you're, you're a consumer buying from a Shopify store, you definitely don't know what Stripe is. And so I think having really strong brand recognition Within a subset, specifically within the developer and sustainability communities, can be very important. But a broader, um, I don't, I don't anticipate us being a brand like a firm where we're actually in the checkout flow and people say, "Oh, whoa, powered by Patch." Like I know that name, okay, and I, I understand what that is. But to be fair, it's very early days. So you know, I reserve, I reserve the right to, to pivot in six months or change my mind in six
0: months. And and uh, and what do the next six or 12 months look like? What are the key milestones that you're driving towards? And, and then looking back, how will you know if you were successful? Yeah, absolutely. So in the short term, it's really just all about distribution and demand, right? Once you're
1: within, um, and this actually might be a slightly polarizing take, so I'd be, curious to, uh, I'd be curious to see what the response is here, but once you're within a specific level of cost and permanence and additionality, once it pertains to carbon removal, it's a commodity. Um, it's not particularly differentiated. So the way you're going to win in the commodities game is going to be with the really strong and robust and repeatable distribution and price. And so that's all that's important to us. So although we have marketplace dynamics, we're always working with our suppliers to understand how can we get price lower? We don't actually want some sort of free, at least in the short-term market price adjusting mechanism. We actually want to almost pre-negotiate terms before we go folks onto the platform and really get the uh, basic carbon removal flywheel going. Once we achieve really meaningful scale and transaction volume, then we can basically, there's a, more of an opportunity to understand, you know, there's a little bit more liquidity in the market. We can have folks play with different pricing strategies. Maybe there's even yield management opportunities, especially since the amount of supply is finite. Um, but in the short term, it's going to be, how do we really just kickstart this market going? Uh, very similar to Stripe's idea, which is like, it's just a very undercapitalized market. And we just need to find a way to get cash into the space in the short term. And so for us, it's really all about distribution for the next 12 months.
0: Great. And I mean, you already mentioned one way in terms of if there's uh, potential um, companies out there that might want to incorporate into this flow, but but are there any other ways that people in the MCJ community can be helpful to you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're running a carbon removal project,
1: we're actually letting very small pilot projects onto the platform as long as the science is robust. So if you're looking for a way to actually scale your BD efforts, maybe even consolidate them, feel free to shoot us a note. We're giving suppliers access to the API as well. So even their sales teams can use it as an upsell. And then uh, on the demand side, if you're looking to build, especially something with developer tooling, we're actually doing a lot of cool stuff, helping folks run carbon neutral servers right now and like folding into tools like Terraform and things like that. So if you're a programmer that's really excited about sustainability, feel free to shoot me a note. I've been doing some pair programming with a few folks. So the offer absolutely stands. And then finally, if you're like an e-commerce business, last mile, Payments facilitator. These are kind of like the three buckets you're targeting, but even travel as well. And you're looking to kind of dip your feet and maybe not do a full uh, audit of all of your scope of your missions. You want to kind of dip your toes with something a little bit lighter weight. Feel free to shoot me a note at the email that was there before.
0: Nice. Brandon at
1: usepatch.com.
0: And is there is there anything I uh, didn't ask that I should have or any parting words for listeners or viewers? Uh, what should you have asked? Um. Uh, I think
1: that's that's really interesting. I think maybe something that you might have wanted to ask is what maybe what like my perspective on like avoidance offsets are. That's a little bit more of a controversial take. I'm personally, in case anyone's curious, not for them. Going back to the uh, um, kind of economic drivers of dec- the decarbonization efforts that I was referring to before, there's already like wind and solar developers are actually already making really good money on a lot of their projects. They don't need renewable energy credits anymore. That might be again, a spicier take, but that's kind of, we're actually not letting those types of projects onto the platform right now. Um, yeah, no, I think really like the the biggest thing here is a lot of folks see patch as a very focused Lego brick right now and don't really see all the different opportunities that could, it could be used or all the different ways it could slot in. And folks are typically looking for a perfect solution but the problem is that I really don't want anyone to get in a situation where you get stuck looking for the perfect solution and don't take any action at all. And so I would really encourage anyone thinking about participating in carbon markets or sustainability at all to take a more iterative approach as opposed to coming up with some sort of perfect design and then trying to ship it all along. Now, that, I've done that a few times before with other software businesses. It doesn't work particularly well. I'd, I'd advise for a slightly more iterative approach.
0: Awesome. Well, Brennan, this was great. And uh, yeah, I definitely learned a lot from this episode, which means members probably will as well. And best of luck to you and to the patch team.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, everyone. Jason here. Thanks again for joining me on My Climate Journey. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, you can visit us at myclimatejourney.co